Welcome to the Godcasts. Well, welcome back, everyone who uh, is listening, if indeed you are. Uh, this is day two of this pilgrim's journey. Uh, and we're diving back into where we left off. So we'd left you in Penzance last time. That's right. Uh, day two is the walk to Porth Leven. Correct. Yeah. And now one of the things that you write about on day two is you discovered all these sort of old tin mine places, sort of shacks really now, just abandoned buildings on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were just sort of spaces you could stop and just get some, I think it was the sun, wasn't it? It was beating Yeah, down. yeah. You managed to get some shade. Uh, and it got you thinking about treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was fascinated by having to, to to get to this place following the coast path you, you sort of can come around a corner and find the remains of really quite substantial buildings um mostly um industrial mm. and but some some domestic too where right on the edges of the cliffs in order to get at the tin and other minerals that are in there people had built these incredible structures mm. and then proceeded to dig into this land and and it struck me just what an amazing challenge it was to do that the effort that was put into getting to those places you can see these these structures and in some places some of the chimneys have been rebuilt and they've been sort of um stopped from dereliction uh, dereliction yeah dereliction yeah we'll go with that yeah we'll go with that one um but this you know, the journey there across the moors or across the, the, the very heavy, difficult terrain is difficult now. Yeah. Even with the kind of technology we might have today, it yeah. would be quite a difficult task to get all that material into that place. Go back a few hundred years to when people were doing this and yeah. you think, wow, that's a lot of effort to yeah. put in to get some tin out the ground. And then once you've got it, you've got to transport it, you know, from the back again. And not just the effort of getting it there, but then the effort of digging it out. Mm. Um, And there were a couple of things that struck me. And one is that often in the tin mining or in mining, it's it's very physical, dangerous environments. The people that make the most profit out of the endeavour are not the ones that are doing the hard work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, they would have put some money into the materials and the construction in the first place, but um, the equality of outcome from the effort put in isn't or isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, that there was a huge, there was a preparedness to put a lot of effort into going down and digging. And mm-hmm. I guess today, I'm I'm not any expert on mining, but I guess today there are all sorts of ways people can do geophysical surveys to sort of be able to look underground and get an idea of yeah there might be these deposits or not but that wasn't around yeah there was a well we're going to drop a shaft here we think this is a good place and you're going to dig and i guess there were lots that didn't really find very much yeah yeah but if something's worth going after then it's the effort that you're going to put in it what are you prepared to put into it to find that and that kind of drew me into that whole question of the the seeking of treasure that we find in uh, jesus's uh, stories of people seeking treasures lost treasures or hidden yeah. treasures yeah um, and are we prepared to put the effort in to looking for the treasure that is jesus 
Yeah. It's interesting, is it, that you are right in saying that there's a difference between a lost treasure that you kind of know is probably in that sort of field dish over there and a mm -hmm. hidden treasure, you know, something that yeah. you've got to, you've got to search for. Um, you have an that... anticipation or an inkling that it's there or somebody's maybe suggested that, that there might be something. Yeah. yeah, we know that there's something lost in that field. We can go and look for it. The woman that searches for the coin, mm. she's got the certainty that it must be there. Mm. Just mm -hmm. got to look hard enough. Yes. You know, and there are other aspects of, certainly in the faith journey, that we're encouraging people to look for something because we've told them yes. that it's there, but for them it's it's not lost. It's just hidden or yes. yeah. might be, might not be. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The um, and, and I guess there's something um, possibly sort of underpinning the the sort of the pilgrimage idea. Um, that this is this is searching. You know, this is taking the this is doing the hard work. It's doing the deep dive of I really want to press into where God is right now in my life. What He's working on. What He's got next for me. Because uh, we can all come up with really glib answers to that, uh, and we can all be quite quick to answer that. You know, in mm -hmm. terms of well, here's what I think. Or here's what I want it to be. Um, but but doing the deeper work of actually, I, I don't want to give the glib answer. Um, I don't want to give the same answer I gave six months ago, three yeah. months, a year ago. Uh, I really want to know. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's quite interesting. When when I came up with this idea of not sitting there, not doing three months of writing. Hmm. and going and researching and writing, as I said, on the theology of play. Um, part of me was wondering whether others would see this as a bit of a lazy option. Hmm. And I can remember speaking to one of my regional ministers at the time, who was really supportive of the idea. Hmm. Um, but, but I was worried, oh, you know, I'm just going to go for a walk. Hmm. I'm not going to go and bury myself in some libraries and study and, yeah, and yeah. pick up all sorts of written work to find something mm. that somebody's already found. Mm. Yes. Really, and I'm just going to re sort of hash it. Mm. But certainly it wasn't easy. No. Uh, it was fabulous. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was a privilege to be able to do it. But that didn't mean that it was an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Physically or spiritually, actually. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting in terms of you know you look at people that have just completed a you know a, a marathon or have just climbed a mountain and they look physically wrecked you know it's like absolutely mm -hmm. everything's poured out and yet there's this exhilaration in having done it and it's that um yeah the the, the, the biggest things in our lives are never easy but they are exhilarating yeah, yeah i can remember um running a 10k for cancer research uh, in Cambridge and it was it must have been a while ago it was quite a long time ago yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. year after my son Ben had, had passed away from cancer mm. and I committed myself to, to doing something as part of a sort of part of a remembrance of him and mm. to raise some funds for cancer research um, and I ran the 10k in Cambridge, and it was it, it was a challenge physically. Um, and when I got to the end, there was that sense of fabulous achievement, absolute 
pain from having tried to run too fast and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, keyed with an anger that I should even have to do this. Mm. Mm. But there was there was that sort of sense of joy at having completed it, but also I shouldn't have to. Mm. I shouldn't have had to do this. I shouldn't have, my Ben shouldn't have died. Mm. That's not how things are supposed to work out. Mm. And that was quite an interesting challenge over the next few days, just kind of trying to work those, the joy of, of achieving something purposeful, but then reflecting on what had led to the necessity for it and how we we sort of pull all those strings of emotions together. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes we want to tidy it up a bit, don't we, and try and sort of have a, a nice, neat um, explanation or understanding or, or story of it. But, mm. but the truth is, you're right, it, it's all intermingled, isn't it? Joy, yeah. anger, um, disappointment. It's all it's all in there. You can't you can't mm-hmm. neatly pull one thread and, and produce this. Um, and I, th- I guess that's that's part of digging deeper, isn't it? I think it is um, digging into into whatever it is you're looking for. For me, I think on the pilgrimage, the treasure in one way was the time mm. and the lack of demand. Mm. We, we talked about this with, with the, yesterday's reflection that actually we can keep ourselves so busy we can almost choose which emotions we're going to allow to to feed yeah. into what we do today yeah, yeah. Um, and so we don't have space we don't allow space or time for the emotions that are harder to, mm. to deal with when you are getting up at six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning and walking through the day, possibly only encountering some people, just a quick hello, and maybe ending up at a church and not talking to anybody, you just get let in, and you've got nothing to interrupt that space, that opportunity to let God just move in you. There were there were moments for me where what I discovered was quite hard mm. to, to, to deal with and quite unexpected, and I would find at times I was overwhelmed with emotions sometimes and um, didn't necessarily have to dig at the time into what is it that makes me suddenly feel so overwhelmed and brought tears at times. Later on, I I found different ways of reflecting back on that. Mm -hmm. But we have to dig, you have to put the effort into it. For me, on that journey, the effort was not surrounding myself by being busy and, and meeting his expectations it was digging into being alone with god Mm, mm. um, and making that a reality for more than just oh i'll do a retreat day yeah yeah seven weeks 49 50 days yeah of deliberately being available to what god wants to say or speak or or pull at in me yeah and i guess you know having You've been through the experience of uh, of losing Ben, um, and yeah, for all of us, different different things that we that we walk through. Uh, you are right; busyness can be the enemy sometimes. I think you know, a lot of us live with this sort of idea that um, the deepest, most difficult emotions struggle to hit a moving target, and so we'll just throw ourselves yeah. into the, into the next thing. Uh, and what that can produce is this sort of uh, melting pot, this sort of cauldron 
uh, of of just emotions, voices, experiences just that just need to be expressed. Mm-hmm. Find a place, um, and and just allowing God the time to because we can't sort all that out. You no. know. I hope the best professors in the world can help absolutely um but can't do what god can do and it it is that space to go god what just needs to come to the surface what needs to settle what needs to saturate um it's space to do that kind of work it is space and and we need way more of it than we think just said about sort of retreat days or prayer days or even if we set aside a day to meet with a spiritual director or somebody that we can talk through things we will try and squeeze into that session that couple of hours all the things that are on our mind at the moment yeah we yeah. try and tackle everything we do it that's that done for the next three months and yeah. we've, we've barely picked at any one of the things yeah yeah and not really worked out what it is that that's going on inside us with god with others and actually you we need time to do individually well what is what is it that this is saying to me or this is doing to me what is it holding back what do i need to do with this then move on to the next one Mm -hmm. again that that was what this time allowed me to do with a few different things that i'd but it all got woven into each other that all seemed so interconnected Mm-hmm. and yeah our lives are a, a web of all sorts of things but sometimes in order to deal with one of them you've got to take it out sort it out right and that starts to unweave this knot of things yeah yeah try and pull that all at the same time and we just end up with a bigger mess often yeah i uh, i was reading a book um again in a little sort of reading week so some time off or something i think it was last year or the year before uh, it's called soul keeping by john Oldberg. a uh, great little book and um in the introduction he talks about he had a um spiritual director you mentioned that it, it prompted me uh called dallas willard a christian philosopher great author and uh, he knew he had time with dallas one day so he picks up the phone he rings him and he says, right, you know, what do you think I need to do next, Dallas? And so Dallas thinks for a moment and goes, John, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And John is like, uh, okay, uh, what next? And Dallas goes, yeah, I, th- I think that'll be enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was almost enough. You know, I read the whole book, but that was yeah. almost enough for me. Yeah eliminate hurry yeah. um, and there are differences between being busy and being hurried definitely mm-hmm. and John makes that point in the book but uh, we often settle for, for hurry uh, because it makes us look needed and relevant yeah. and important yeah. um, I was thinking what you were saying about being in places where there was nobody um, you've just I don't know if you know this but you just offended the people of Dartmoor there as well which is good I think we should try every episode to offend <laughs> Somebody in the list off all the time, yeah. yeah. As long as it's not the Welsh, that's fine. Um, but the, um, uh, you know, when Jesus went into the wilderness, sort of 40 days and nights of it, mm. and one of the temptations that comes is to turn stones into bread, which John Renewen writes about and says that's the temptation of relevance. Um, you, know, you can do this, you can immediately transform yeah. situation. And he talks about relevancy, which is something that often people in ministry, like myself, strive for 
to be relevant to this culture. He, he talks about it as a temptation, actually, that can get in the way of us really understanding how God feels about us or who we are to God and who God is to us. And, um, and so to deliberately put yourself in a place where you are irrelevant is a mm. um, huge discipline, I think. Yes, I, that's interesting, that idea about the, the Jesus turning the, the stone into bread, the rocks into bread. It's also about controlling your environment, yeah. isn't it? The kind of, you take the place and you take control of it yeah. for your benefit. Yeah. Um, and if you place yourself deliberately into places you've never been and you, you don't know, yeah. and, and there isn't anything else around, you, you, you're, you're being given an opportunity to not take control of it, Yes, to allow yourself to, to to be found in it, and what it what it in itself can bring to you, mm. um, and I think that's important. We, as as a race, as people, we have come to this thing where we we are controlling all the time. We're trying to control stuff. We see the negative outcomes of that in climate and all sorts of things. Mm. But we we're always, you know, our, our response to climate problems is well we're going to control it a different way but because we want to manage it and control it to our benefit we've kind of messed it up yeah, yeah. and the call to be people that stop trying to control and shape this world that god's given us mm. and actually just exist in it yeah, yeah and yeah. discover what it is in itself that it's got all of this resource for us in itself if we stop being busy mm making it work around us shape right. yeah 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 no definitely yeah amazing well that was uh, that was day two of the mm -hmm. journey so tomorrow we shall dive into to day three fabulous thank you john Thank you for listening to The Godcasts.